Hi everyone, this is Jacqueline Smith, CEO and founder of Enchanted Hearts Alzheimer's and Dementia Association, and I'm listening to Cut to the Chase. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. This is episode 79, entitled, On a Mission to Be the Change. So today, I have reached out to a featured guest, who's a very lovely lady that is right here from San Antonio. That's right. I said it again, right here from San Antonio. As everybody knows, I've been on a quest with our outreach to try and find more featured guests here locally where Cut to the Chase resonates its home platform here in San Antonio. So today we're going to be talking about on a mission to be the change. And so I've got a quote that basically starts out. It says, to change the world is not your mission. To change yourself is not your duty. To awaken your true nature is your opportunity. And so for all of us, as we wake up in the morning, you know, there's clarity and direction. By the time you brush your teeth, you've processed kind of non-negotiable priorities for the day, and you've identified incremental steps for your lives as you begin to take upon your day and look forward to your future self. Basically, when you establish your personal mission, it's a collection of sentences that basically capture what you want to do and achieve in life. And so today, our feature guest, as I introduce her, she is the founder, excuse me, CEO and founder of Enchanted Hearts Alzheimer's and Dementia Association, where she trains memory uh, care professionals and caregivers to give individuals with Alzheimer's personal care. She's also the CEO and founder of Charlie's Home for Vets, which assists homeless veterans with housing, clothing, shoes, hygiene, items, and community education courses. She's also the founder and CEO of a nonprofit organization, the Jacqueline Smith Foundation, which addresses active military veterans, homeless veterans, and undeserving communities. The mission of the foundation that she has is to empower and equip our military men and women with the resources that are needed to maintain and sustain our community. They do this by offering free financial literacy classes, navigating veteran resources, classes, mental health outreach program, and free professional headshots to assist with their portfolio and their resume. She's gained extensive background in the medical field over 20 years of experience, in addition to being a certified Alzheimer disease and dementia care trainer, certified dementia care specialist, certified online trainer professional, and dementia care specialist. She has extensive background in pediatric and geriatric nursing. She's also worked with special needs children and adults for 13 years. She's a trained CPR instructor, teaching communities how to save lives and recognize unsafe situations. She's highly active as a volunteer and giving back to her community. She believes in educating is the key to being successful and confident on one's career, along with hard work and dedication. And so, folks, you know, I've really said a lot there, 
but it doesn't go unwarranted of all the great things that our featured guest has done throughout her journey, which, you know, hence the title, On a Mission to Be the Change. Without further ado, Ms. Jacqueline Smith, do you have any opening remarks? Good morning. Thank you so much, Gregory, for having me on Cut to the Chase. It's an absolute honor. What you said, it really touched my heart for the things that we do for the community. We are on a mission to be the change that we want to see. We believe that no veteran that fought for our country should be homeless or without resources. And in regards to Alzheimer's, my grandmother was affected by Alzheimer's. She passed away. And so the journey that we were on was very tough. I wanted to become an advocate for others that were in the same position that I was. So now I train those medical professionals and caregivers to care for individuals with Alzheimer's. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, we're certainly delighted to have you on our program. We think everything that you're doing is is just uh, quite inspiring and, and so um, move, moving and powerful with regards to the need and the support that is needed out there for something that in most people's case, they find is a very uncurable type of disease. So as we begin to kind of look at some of the journeys that you have have uh, endured through your career path, let's go back to where this first began. And so earlier on, you discovered that you said your aunt or your grandmother uh, had dementia And so what were some of the things that you recognized back then that led you to establish your foundation? It was a very, very tough journey. Uh, My grandmother, I was with her from a little girl up until the time that she passed away. And so seeing someone that you love go through these changes or this walk with Alzheimer's, because Alzheimer's is a whole other beast. It's another animal of its own. And so seeing someone that you love go through these uh, transitions and there's nothing that you can do, it's very, very disturbing. It's, It's an emotional roller coaster. And so when I was going through that journey and I started looking to other individuals, so I just started researching, interviewing other individuals who are suffering from dementia or who had a loved one that was suffering from dementia. And I wanted to know what are some things that you would wish that was available. Mm-hmm. Based on the content of the things that they told me, I built a program for it because I wanted to give back to the community and I wanted to be that change that I wanted to see. Right, right, right. And certainly, um, you know, as as we know, Alzheimer's and dementia is something that that seems to be um, obviously the the momentum of that in in our elderly is starting to increase um, as things continue to progress. And I know my family uh, overall. I've had an aunt that has suffered uh, from dementia, and and now she's she's passed away. But but ultimately, that was uh, that was a very uh, heart wrenching, as as you mentioned, uh, circumstance to kind of watch that progression. You know, from someone so loving and engaging and attentive to being a part of your life and being um, um, just being open and and just the joy to be around uh, to go from one spectrum to the other. And as I share one thing, uh, as before we get to our next question, is you know the biggest moment of of triumph for me is when I recognize. My wife and I were in Waco visiting my uncle and his wife, and uh, they went off to the bank, I believe, uh, to make a deposit or, or, or something along those lines. And 
my wife ended up calling me saying, um, your aunt has forgotten how to get back home. And this was in the very early, early stages of us starting to figure out that there was, you know, something going on, but it wasn't pinpointed towards uh, dementia or Alzheimer's at that point because she was still driving. And uh, it was very scary. It was very, very scary. And, uh, you know, just a sure notion of, of my uncle, you know, having to live through that. And then, of course, us being hours away. Uh, trying to stay in contact and facilitate and, and do what we can to be supportive. Um, you know, it was, it was tough on the entire family. So, so certainly, uh, certainly we can, we can reconcile and, and, and obviously understand where you're coming from when you speak of your grandmother because of the significance and importance uh, when you have someone that is so vibrant in your life and then you get just the opposite once this disease begins to set in and and wreak havoc on their well-being and their and their overall care. Absolutely. It's very very disturbing, especially if you become a caregiver yourself because mm-hmm. it goes into such detail. If you become a caregiver, you have to essentially give up your life. That takes part of your livelihood away. And once you give up on everything that you have and then other siblings that are not around or they live out of state or something like that, often you know you're just kind of placed in that situation alone. No one can come over. Everyone, I have to work. I have to take care of the kids. And so you become that caregiver and then it leads to caregiver burnout because 90% of individuals that become caregivers, they have no idea of how to be a caregiver. So everything is very new to that person. And so caregiver burnout, a lot of time that leads to the caregiver either passing away or, you know, just becoming so stressed and, and, about what's going on, oftentimes they become abusive to that individual because it's so stressful. Mm -hmm. Parents are put in very, very awkward situations because when the husband or the wife brings in their mother, father, or whomever it is, that puts stress onto that relationship as well. So there's a lot that's wrapped around it. And then, of course, the person that's actually experiencing dementia because we have no cure, oftentimes they think that it's a death sentence. Right. Most individuals are living years with Alzheimer's, but I believe that education is the key. That's why we strive to inform everyone on what what do the the behaviors look like? You know, what are some things that, that are going to come? What can we expect as far as the, the losing the memory, the getting lost, you know, the behavior problems that come along with that? So the more you know about the disease, the more knowledgeable you are and the better of a caregiver that you can be. Because once you start to know what to look for, sometimes you can deter those things or you can defer those things. If you see that they're becoming impatient or, you know, sundowners is one thing that a person with dementia suffers with. And it's related to a decrease in the daylight. And so if you know that they start having behavior problems or they start crying right before sunset, you know, to start an activity or increase the light in the room. Just being informed helps you become an awesome caregiver. Right. Right. Well, we thank you for for sharing all of those uh, insights and tips uh, that you've discovered, particularly as it relates to Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, now, one of the things that 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 really kind of uh, struck us with regards to reaching out to you is, is the fact that you have so many different variations of things that you're engaged in. And the second thing that I'd like to kind of expand upon a little bit is that the Charlie Home for Vets, 
you know, there's uh, quite a significant story um, around the Charlie Home for Vets. And, and I think, you know, as, as, as we had talked about this in our discovery call, you had realized that there was, there was not a lot of assistance, you know, particularly in, in your community to kind of help support the homeless vets. And so you sought out to basically put forth a plan to be able to kind of move that track forward. Can you kind of walk us through that a little bit? Yes. So behind Charlie's Homes for Vets, I'm not military, but my father is and a number of individuals in my family are. We have someone from every branch in our family. So you can imagine what family reunions sound like. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, it's quite chaotic. The ones that were from the Air Force, they'll say, well, you guys were at the Hilton. If they were at the Army, they would tell them, well, you know, you all didn't do anything as well. So it's, yeah. The dynamics there are are, are off the charts. But uh, my father's name is Charlie. That's the name, Charlie's Home for Vets. Before mm-hmm. I started Charlie's Home for Vets, I wanted to see if there was actually a need for Charlie's Home for Vets. The VA offers so many services for free. I wanted to know why were there so many homeless individuals or veterans that were going without if there are so many resources available to you. Um, So I interviewed about 85 individuals that were active military and veterans. And so what I found out is that they either did not know what resources were available to them or they didn't know how to tap into those resources. So Mm -hmm. based on the things that we were getting, that's why I built a foundation around those things. The um, food, shoes, clothes, and hygiene items, those are immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. You're hungry and worrying about where your next meal is going to come from. You're not worried about your finances or creating a budget or something of that nature. So that was the immediate gratification. And then we came to the finances. So not only do we want to help you get your finances under control, but we want to help you to maintain those uh, finances so that you're able to maintain and sustain in our community. As far as the financial literacy classes, we host those classes every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. They are recorded on Facebook Live. And you can sign up on our social media platform on Facebook. They have classes that go through Eventbrite where you can sign up for those classes. We teach you how to save, how to budget. Also, if you want to learn to invest, we have that out there as well. Our navigation of veteran resource classes. And this came with the Jacqueline Smith Foundation. So mm-hmm. let me back up just a little bit. So the Charlie's sure. Home for Vets, initially, that's what we wanted it to be, Charlie's Home for Vets. But I ran into some issues. And so I was like, well, let me see what else I can do while I'm waiting to figure those things out. So we started giving out the clothing, shoes, and hygiene items. Immediately, Gregory, I knew I was in over my head. I was like, I'm only a nurse. My pockets are not that deep. You know, how I'm right. going to have to get some people involved in here. So I created the Jacqueline Smith Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that can get the community involved. And then we brought forth the free financial literacy classes, the navigation of veteran resources, mental health outreach and things of that nature. This thing is huge. Our veterans, 22 veterans commit suicide daily. Mm. Their, their backs are really up against the wall. The military train you. They go above and beyond to train you for the things you need to do to prepare to be in the military. But when you're transitioning out of the military, it's not as much. And the TAPS uh, class that they go through, they toss a lot of information at you. So if you haven't been making your plans and preparations prior to exiting the military, you know, then we found out that was pretty much the thing. People are not so much prepared coming out as they are while they're in the military. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, that that brings up a uh, 
a very good point. I just had um, a conversation, or actually we recorded a podcast um, less than a week ago um, called The Transition. And the transition focused in on the fallacy of, you know, making the transition from military life back to civilian life. And so those individuals, um, Mr. Ray Domingo and and his wife, um, they have formalized a LinkedIn military city. Uh And and that is here in San Antonio where they – they really focus in on trying to help those make that transition. And it was rather interesting because during that podcast, you know, we talked a lot about statistics from the uh, Pewter Report. And, you know, some of the statistics focused in on the, the extremities of it's easier for an officer to, to kind of uh, transition than it would be for an enlisted and the summation of the report focused in on the fact that the reason why they drew to that conclusion is because of their education. And I said to myself, if they're basing it on education and the ability to follow orders and mission, I said, well, everybody that I've ever known in the military always follows orders <laughs> and mission. I mean, it's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no differentiator there. There's no, uh, there's no kind of stereotyping. I mean, it's, it's kind of a one shoe fits all. If you're in the military, you have to obey, you know, orders and, and follow the mission. And so, you know, we got into this discussion with the fact of the transition and the lack thereof of information, which, which is right up the alley that you're, you're kind of speaking about, you know, as far as the information of, of, of transitioning from military life to civilian life. And I think there may be, I know we're talking about this on the podcast, but I think there might be a connection there of, of me taking on a little bit of ownership and getting you two in contact with each other because there's synergy there. And that's what Cut to the Chase is all about is, is to try to help, you know, one another out and bring forth information that people can really utilize. And considering, considering we're all here in San Antonio, <laughs> I mean, you know. It, it it would be it'll be it will be worth you know the value added to uh, to try to facilitate something like that. So I, I figured I would share that with you because you know as as I did read into the foundation and realize some of the things that you guys were addressing or excuse me addressing that I saw that there was a connection you know between the two organizations and uh, certainly um, I know with Ray's organization now him and his wife since with COVID you know they have since switched from, you know, kind of the physical presence to kind of the online presence. But he said their their model has basically grown outside of San Antonio. In their last meeting, as he had indicated to me, he said, Greg, we had people calling in from Hawaii and from all over the U.S. because this is something that has been missing from the tranche of that overall transition from military life into civilian life. And you know, if you get an opportunity to listen to that podcast, I mean, certainly I would highly recommend it because of the simple fact that, uh, you know, I know when I got out of the military, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to date myself a little bit, but it was back in uh, 91, you know, 80, well, yeah, 89, 91, somewhere, somewhere in there. I can't, can't remember exactly uh, without my DD-214, but, <laughs> but certainly, <laughs> but certainly uh, you know, when I left and I had to make that transition, a lot of people talk about how hard it is to pare down a resume, talk about how hard it is to adapt when, when you're so used to, 
maybe giving and receiving orders. And now you've got yes to be more diplomatic. You have to be more uh, proactive. You have to be more, you know, kind of uh, succumbing to, you know, different things. Yes. It, can, it can mess with your mind. It, it, it is a mindset. It's a mindset change, you know? Absolutely. And Gregor, you just tapped into it. So that's one of the biggest things that are going on there. You're so used to being orders that, you know, give it, being given those orders and then you just follow those commands. And just like you said, now you have to be proactive. You have to figure out what am I going to do for Gregory? What avenue am I going to pursue for Gregory? What am I going to do now that I'm no longer going on missions or having a PCS and things of that nature? So you're trying to figure it out. But you when you were in the service, you weren't thinking about all of that. You, it was just kind of a day to day thing. You know, I have to do this. I'm going to be here for three years and then I'm going to go somewhere else. So you're so focused on that. And so it does mess with your mind. And that resume is super hard for a lot of individuals to make that resume, that military resume makes sense in the civilian world. They don't even recognize some of the things that you do for the military that's on your resume. So now in going in, you have to figure out what can I do that's going to be useful when I exit as well. And so those are some of the things that we're going to be teaching. And so we're trying to get individuals at least a year out before they transition from the military. Mm-hmm. This way, we come in with the financial literacy classes. We're helping you to be able to build your credit up, learn to save, learn to budget. So when you exit, you know, you have a little nest egg there as well. And so when you're getting ready to come out, then are you looking for a home? We put you in contact with a realtor so he can show you things before you're getting ready to come out. And so that's the avenue that we're hoping will kind of stabilize some of that, uh, some of those things that are going on from the transition. So you actually hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would just like to extend, you know, our willingness here at Cut to the Chase. Uh, obviously, I have other companies that I own um, to to basically extend that outreach out to you. And if there's anything we can do, you know, if there's any if there's any type of uh, lectures or things that you would like for us to help out with, uh, obviously me uh, being the being the veteran, you know, for from a lessons learned perspective, certainly, um, you know, we we would like to extend that invitation out to you to kind of reach out upon us and uh, and see where we can help. Because uh, certainly, uh, I know when, <laughs> and it's funny because Ray and I talked about this. Um, I know when I got out of the military, you know, my resume is probably like fifteen pages or something like <laughs> that for, for my first job. But, but, you know, the unique coincidental thing about it is I guess I was probably fortunate because when I did get out of the Navy, um, I automatically transitioned into a role that was very, I want to say it was kind of, uh, it was kind of in a line, you know, with, with some of the things that I was already familiar with. So it was dealing with engineering, it was dealing with electronics and technology. Of course, it didn't have the explosive component, but, but still, (laughs) you know, um, you know, so when I left the Navy and went into the semiconductor industry, you know, it it wasn't too far off from, you know, doing PMs and basically, you know, being on a schedule and all those different things because you're you're dealing with making um, microelectronics computer chips. And so it was uh, at that at that point in time, it was a, a high pace, you know, high stressful type of job, which was very accustomed to what I was already doing in the military, except now you're working on state-of-the-art equipment, not to say that the military didn't have state-of-the-art equipment, but here's state-of-the-art equipment that you're working on. And, you know, it was just, 
you know, I kind of made that transition a lot easier uh, in a lot of aspects, but where I, where I failed to really kind of immerse is I'm going to have to just be honest with everybody who's listening to this. It was, was really kind of like my attitude. You know, I, I was still kind of rough around the edges. I, I didn't, you know, the, the diplomatic, the tack, you know, and, and all of those, you know, charismatic, you know, have the charisma, you know, as they say, the Obama charisma, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, have, I didn't have any of that. I mean, it was like, you know, if you said you were going to do something, even in the civilian world for the first couple of years, if you said you're going to do something, and you didn't do it. You know, I'm, I'm looking at you like half crazy. I'm like, well, why didn't you get it done? I mean, what's the deal? Right. <laughs> so you're so used to that, to be exactly. in that manner, that that's how those things go. And so that's pretty much how a lot of the veterans that I deal with, that's their attitude as well, because, you know, you have that get her done attitude. Mm-hmm. So we say something, we do something, everything is on a time frame. You know, we're looking to have this done by this time and this time frame. So accountability is through the roof. And so that's some of the things that I was kind of to um, help the veterans with as they're transitioning. You know, you're not in the military anymore. So we have to try to change that mindset. But it's still a good mindset to have because you're focused and you want to get things done. But in the civilian world, everyone is not at that altitude. <laughs> so everyone, yeah, you, you kind of have to uh, be able to woosa a little bit, we'll say. Yeah. yeah. a little bit. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, I, I certainly, um, you know, see the importance of, you know, as, as your mantra says, you know, you're on a mission to be, you know, to be the change. You know, the unique thing about that is the fact that, uh, Jacqueline, there are so many voids uh, that are out there as it relates to veterans and as it relates to Alzheimer's and all the different things. When you get right down to it, you know, you're setting the trend for things that that hopefully will gravitate and people will catch on and it will just continue as they already have from your earlier talks about how much, you know, it has grown in, in here in San Antonio. But, you know, these programs are essential. You know, it, it is just as essential to have programs like this. And I'm going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum as when you take a college kid that just won some Heisman trophy and then you go give him a multi several hundred of million dollar contract and he has no notion of how to balance his checkbook. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know? and, and that's what happens. And so when you're putting them out there, then you're you're just kind of setting them up for failure if you don't have a platform and a support system there for them. You don't have some kind of guidance there. And it's the same thing there. That's a great relation, uh, Gregory. First of all, I would just like to pause there and say thank you for your service in the Navy. Thank oh, so yes. And, and I appreciate the offer for you to come on board. With the Navigation of Veteran Resource Classes and then our Mental Health Outreach Program, I think you would be a great fit for there just because you've stood in those shoes. You've transitioned. Mm -hmm. You had to figure out what was next for Gregory and then going on to be successful with your business and everything. That is huge inspiration for someone who is maybe thinking of starting a business or something like that. So we would absolutely love to have you on our platform. Those mental health uh, outreach classes, those are every first and third Thursday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. We really try to reach out. So we try to teach individuals positive coping mechanisms for PTSD, anxiety, and depression. 
We have mm -hmm. our um, director of military uh, outreach, who is also a resilience trainer in the military right now. She's active duty. And so she teaches the first 30 minutes of that class. And then for the second 30 minutes, we have a licensed counselor who's on the line. So not only we don't want you to just dump your problems on us and try because we don't have anything for you. So we want to also be an avenue out. We want to give you a resource. Once you are comfortable enough to say what's going on with you, because that's the biggest thing, recognizing that there's a problem, knowing that it is okay to not be okay. So we have to get you to that point. And so once you're to that point, then we have a resource available. You can speak with uh, Dr. Turner directly via that call, or you can have the ability to become a patient with her. And there's such a stigma behind becoming a patient or seeking psychological support. Um, you have to be crazy to see a psychiatrist or to get help when that's not farther from the truth. You know, it's okay to open up to individuals because if you don't open up and become transparent, you are affecting your healing process. You have to let individuals know what's going on so that you, the healing can begin. A lot of veterans that I speak with, because of the nature of some of the things that they witnessed or went through, they don't even want to discuss it. One of the individuals that was on a call with us, and I feel so great that he was on that call because we were able to help him tremendously. He was having night dreams um, and his wife was so afraid. She did not know what to do. She did not know how to handle it or how to love him through it. So in the mm -hmm. middle of the night, he will wake up screaming and everything. And she was afraid to wake him up because she didn't know what reaction she would receive. So we were able to discuss with him, you know, first of all, let him know that we were sympathy and empathy. We were able to express that. And then Dr. Turner was listening on the call. So she gave him tidbits of some things that he can try. And then she made him feel very comfortable. And she let him know that if he wanted a help, Help was available. Assistance was available to him if he wanted to seek it out. So mm -hmm. that's the perk of being on that call. Not only do we want to help you with the resource that you need, we want to help you tap into those resources. And that is the biggest thing that I see that's going to be the biggest benefit for our community. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, certainly, <clears throat> certainly for those that have been in combat and wartime, type situations, you know, there, there's a quite a bit of adverse effect, uh, as it relates to the, uh, you know, uh, PSD and, and certainly for those of us that have only, I would say marginalized, like for me, I was always either on a ship or a boat. So yeah, in my war time, it was more like, great, uh, push this button here to coordinates and then don't worry about it. You know, everything else will take care of itself. But of course, you know, you're, you're always thinking down the line, you know, when you do push that button, and you're releasing, uh, you know, something into the air to uh, create harm to others. You know, just what is the uh, what are the damages? Um, not only for those that you're trying to uh, to deal with, but for for those that that may not have um, any dealings with, you know, those that are trying to cause harm. So, uh, so yeah, it's 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 rather interesting, and and there's just so many. There's so many parallels to this discussion because I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, there's just a multitude of people that I know I can bring into the fold. It it almost it almost warrants really having a, you know kind of a panel discussion with regards to uh -huh. those that I know that are combat veterans that are out there that have written books uh, that are doing great things, um, you know, for the military community. 
uh, attorney friends of mine that are helping small uh, uh, veteran businesses, you know, understand what it takes to start a business, you know, and they've got curriculums that they've developed, uh, the stuff that I indicated to you with Ray. And then of course, you know, yourself, I mean, I, I think if I got four or five of us on a, on a call, I, it would be, uh, it would be a, a, a breath of fresh air for all of us. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you, Gregory. What we believe at the Jacqueline Smith Foundation is one team, one fight. Together we can do more. And that's absolutely what it's going to take to make a change and be that change that we want to see. We have to have a support system. We have to have the knowledge base and we have to be able to pour into these individuals because not everyone has a great support system. And once you fall into that hole or you dig yourself into that hole, it's very, very hard to come out. And then that's when we go, we fall into depression and then no suicidal ideation. So we want to be make sure that we are, you know, being that change that we want to see. We are leaving that line open. And it's so imperative for us to be able to stand together in this process. If and other individuals see that you're standing together and they see that there's unity because sometimes when you reach out to an organization, you don't always get the effect that you do from the Jacqueline Smith Foundation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When we receive a referral, I try to act that day or the next day because you never know what that individual is feeling. I might be the last try. I might be the last attempt. One individual that came to me, he was seeking food. It was very cold. He didn't have any blankets or anything in his home. And so I, when I received the referral, I reached out that same day and it was very, very cold. So we acted on that same day. And when I got there, as I was talking to that individual, he told me, if you had not came today, I was going to commit a crime and I was going to jail. If I go to jail, I know I would have had three hot meals and a place to live. Mm -hmm. I would not have had to worry about anything. Gregory, how hard does your situation have to be for you to be in that mindset? Right. That's what we have to think about. The things that you are going on, that you're dealing with, a person has so much on their shoulders that you want to go to jail because that's a safety and security net for you. Sure. Those are the things that we're up against. So that then there's a grave need. There's a grave need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you chimed in on, you know, some of the most important uh, things that that can't be overly communicated in in the today's in today's current uh, socialistic um, uh, environment, you know, and that's unity and togetherness and Absolutely. team. You know, um, I know that that resonates with the Jacqueline uh, Smith's foundation and all the great things that you're doing, but, you know, that momentum, uh, that, that type of voice, you know, needs to carry even above and beyond that when we look at what's going on as to how uh, divided <clears throat> we are right now and uh with everything that we've just gone through which is just so it's so heart-wrenching the fact that we are still you know just caught in this tranche of of just nonsense you know in a lot of cases when, right i call right. them distractions gregory they're just yeah. they're just distractions it's so people are being so caught up on small things, the minute things that you're not looking at the bigger picture and the movement. And everything is such a touchy subject. You Friendships have been destroyed in 2020 because of some of the things that we have going on right now. 20-year, 30-year friendships are being destroyed over one right. sentence. And so right. everything is such a delicate subject. Anything that you say can be misconstrued and taken out of context, thinking that you're meaning something else. 
with me, it doesn't matter to me what your beliefs are. Just don't try to press them on me. I won't try to press mine on you and we'll have a good day. You know, it's okay for you to stand for what you stand for. It's a, it's okay to agree to disagree in some of those things, I you know, you. but you never know where a person totally stands until they're put under pressure. Mm-hmm. You're put under pressure. That's when you will see what a person is really made about, what they stand for, what are their morals and their values. With me, I try to steer away from politics and Christianity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or anything religion politics and religion i try to steer away from that because those are two huge factors that individual would just go to war behind you know and so it's so like i said there everything is so delicate if i told you today that you know i like the pink shirt that you're wearing gregory that that fact me giving you a compliment oh are you testing my masculinity you, you're <laughs> you know and i'm only complimenting you i like you you look handsome in the pink shirt gregory but you know that's one of the things that we're facing right now people are looking they've been distracted and brainwashed so much that you're looking for those minute details to create an argument or start something but what we need to do is get back to the basics the mm-hmm. only thing and i am a god-fearing woman Mm-hmm. I take everything through God. I, I just absolutely love the relationship that I have. We have to get back to those basics. The only thing that can drive out darkness, Gregory, is light. Yep. You have to let your light shine. And by you doing what you're supposed to do and letting your light shine, you will reach others. You will reach others. And some people have to know that negative and negative, yes, you get a positive. But in this atmosphere, in society, that is not the case. And so you can't go every day just kind of being closed mind. And if you listen to another person's perspective, if you're having a disagreement, oftentimes you can see why they feel that way, right? why they have that viewpoint. And sometimes you're closed mind because you don't, you've never experienced that. You've always been taught X, Y, and Z. You've never seen it from this perspective. And so mm-hmm. when someone shed lights from this perspective, you, oh, well, okay, now I see that's why you do that. You know, so if you have to, we have to open up our minds and we have to change our mindset so that we can be able to carry forward and come together once again. Totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, <clears throat> it's going to take a lot of energy. It's going to take a lot of uh, wherewithal and, and, and certainly, um, a lot of compromise. I mean, uh-huh. you know, um, you know, we've chimed in on this a little bit, but in order to make that change um, that I discovered earlier on when I got out of the military, uh, still being very young and kind of ram- rambunctious, uh, you know, you have to look with inside yourself and realize where your core values lie and how you appreciate yourself and make yourself happy is obviously going to be a reflection of how others around you are perceived and how you treat others uh, in a way that shows compassion and empathy and respect. And most importantly, with dignity, you know, because all those things are just so, so important nowadays. And and I couldn't agree with you more. You know, we we talk about some very controversial type things on on Cut to the Chase, but you know, I always, as 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 a host, I try to keep things right in the middle of the fairway because <laughs> there's, always, there's always two sides to the story, you know. And then some mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, there there's pros and cons on both sides that are always takeaways. But you know, it's it comes down to the value, 
And for those that are bringing value, such as yourself and literally all of the other, you know, 80 some odd guests that we've had since the inception of this podcast, it's about what can we bring to the table through this platform, through this medium to be able to communicate to those that, like you said, there is help, there's answers, there's opportunity, there's ways to do things. And the way I say it is you just got to let your guard down. It doesn't matter if the person's black, white, blue, or green. You know, we're all cut from the same cloth. I mean, at the end of the day, if I know somebody that can help out, then why not, you know, extend, you know, at least a recommendation. What happens on the other side of the fence is beyond my control, but at least I did my due diligence to try and offer, you know, a an actionable step in the right direction. Absolutely. And that's what we're looking for, Gregory. If anyone that I can help and to anyone that's listening to this, anyone that I can be of service to, I am all ears. I will lend a hand. That's just me, my heart. I love to help people. But people have different mind frames. They don't want to help you, whether it's in business or a friendship. There's so much going on, but you just have to just, like you said, let your guard down. For mm-hmm. individuals that's your friends, some of them don't want to help you because they think that you're going to get further in life than them than they are. You know, they think that, that if, if I help that person, then what does that do for me? But in actuality, if you help that person, you are sowing a seed. You mm-hmm. are sowing a seed. And anything that you sow, it's going to be a reaping season. There's going to be a reaping season. So you never know. What seed you're sowing and, you know, what kind of soil you're planting that seed on. It's just like in businesses. This is San Antonio. There's over a million people in San Antonio, which Mm -hmm. means that whatever industry you're in is saturated. and There's enough for everyone to go around. And so if you're helping that person, if you're working with them, if you're working together, you're going to get more accomplished. Just say if I have 3000 people in my network and you have 3000 people in your network. When you mm-hmm. host an event and you tag me in that event, just say if it's a Facebook post, instead mm-hmm. of you reaching 3,000 people, you're going to reach 6,000 people. That's right. Because we're working together. And that's so right. that's one of the things that you have to be able to see. You have to be able to want to help those individuals. I try to surround myself with like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. That way I know that we're sowing into positivity. We're elevated. And everyone that around that's around us, they're going to elevate as well. Why? Because within that circle, we're going to reach out to one another. We're going to pour into one another. And we're hoping that each one teach one. When we pour into you, you pour into someone else. That's, that's right. where the change begins. That's where the change begins. Pour into your kids. They are the next generation, hoping that they will pour into someone else as well. And so those are the changes that we have to make. That's the mind frame that we have to make. Not that, oh, if I do this, they're going to forget about me. There's going to be a negative effect or this does not benefit me. You have to open your mind, sow that seed and let God do the rest. Yep. Yep. Well, Jacqueline, this has been a, a, a most joyous um uplifting type of discussion, you know, particularly uh, uh, talking about a topic that is so important, you know, uh, on a mission to be the change. I I think you live, eat, sleep, and breathe that (laughs) mantra. And, uh, you know, it's, it is, it is, it is great to be in your presence. It is great to be a part of this uh, discussion with you. And, and like I said, you know, we would be delighted to kind of support in any way that we can. And so as we're getting ready to wrap up, because uh, we're, we're definitely uh, out of time, uh, 
you know, I would like to uh, give you an opportunity for, for basically final remarks. And also, if you could share with those that, that may uh, be in need of, of support or assistance through one of your programs or your foundations, how would they go about getting in contact with you or your staff if you could share that information as well? Absolutely. Well, first of all, Gregory, I would like to thank you for having me on Cut to the Chase. I would like to thank you for the work that you're doing in the community as well, using your platform to be a voice to help others and bring others together. So this is immaculate what you're doing. And just as you extended those uh, services to me, if there's anything that I can do for you or your staff, then feel free to reach out to me as well. Thank you. You're very welcome. As far as the Jacqueline Smith Foundation, if there's anyone that's listening that's in need of our free financial literacy classes, navigation veteran resource classes, uh, mental health outreach program, feel free to reach out to 210-646-8408. Our website is thejsmithfoundation.org. And you can email us at outreach at thejsmithfoundation.org. If you're experiencing problems with Alzheimer's or are suffering, your loved one is suffering from Alzheimer's, there's Enchanted Hearts Alzheimer's Dementia Association. Not only do we teach individuals and caregivers to care for individuals with Alzheimer's, but it goes farther than that. We offer consultations if you want to keep your loved one at home and you want to make modify your environment so that it's safe for them, then we do consultations. We offer weekly visits to come out and we kind of follow that progress. We set up interventions for whatever is going on and then we modify that and we intervene for eight weeks. So if you have, uh, if you want to keep put your mom in a nursing home or personal care facility, we're there for tours and we do placement assistance as well. If you would like to email Enchanted Hearts, that email address is eharts at gmail.com. That's no, eheartsada at gmail.com. That's eharts like in your chest, apple.apple at gmail.com. So we're really looking forward to helping anyone that we can help in the community. I do believe that we want to be the change that we want to see. I'm so blessed to be on Cut to the Chase. And thank you once again, Gregory. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all that <clears throat> wonderful information with our listeners and uh, and to those that may be listening to this podcast uh, that are in need of, of your type of services. And so as we wrap up, I have one uh, quote that I guess kind of want to share with our listeners you know, earlier I talked a little bit about in, in one of my earlier quotes, it basically says, to awaken your true nature is your opportunity. And I want to follow that along with each of us has a mission. Each of us is called to change the world, to work for a cultural of life, a cultural forged by love and respect for the dignity of each human being. And so, folks, we certainly appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. Miss Jacqueline Smith, we certainly appreciate you being on the program. And to those, this has been Episode 79, entitled On a Mission to Be the Change. Let's live by the example that Miss Jacqueline Smith has set out for us. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a wonderful day and bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www. 
www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.